0: The Dark Times is not intended for younglings, foundlings, or Padawan learners. Ask your Game Master's permission before listening. Hey, all you scoundrels, scavengers, and moisture farmers out there, it's KRD-Zero coming to your transceivers across the sunny sand dunes of Tatooine. (coughs) My internal sensors indicate it's going to be a scorching 42 degrees out there, so to help pay for my next oil bath, here's a sponsored shout-out from none other than Emperor Palpatine
1: himself.
2: Hello? Hello, is this thing on? I'm a big fan of the show. I'd like to make a shout-out to those pesky rebels. <coughs> Empire Rose <rules>, rebellion truce. <laughs> Vader, how do I turn this thing off?
0: All righty. This next song is dedicated to those would-be members of the Rebel Alliance from the Max Rewill Band's newest album. Here's Through the Dark Times.
2: Hello, and welcome to the Dark Times, a saga edition podcast. I'm Sam, your favorite, uh, moisture farming flunky.
0: And I'm Steven, your favorite uh, morning zoo radio host.
2: You do give off a morning zoo vibe, Steven, I'd have to say.
0: It's because I forget deodorant a lot.
2: (laughs) In that case, it's an all-day zoo.
0: (laughs) You know, I have said before, yeah, sure is, buddy. Uh, More like all the way to midnight zoo, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, Um, man. I have said before, and I don't think I've said it on the show, but it's like my fantasy to be like the Max Headroom of our generation. I don't think that will happen, but I've always really, really wanted to to do I, that.
2: Every time you say it, there's like a different image of my head of what that actually means, because <laughs> I feel like the definition really changes. I want to be time. like,
0: I guess it's closer to a VTuber than anything else today, <laughs> but specifically Steve-Tuber? for broadcast. A Steve tuber, Steve tuber. There it is.
2: Um, we have some feedback from last week, Stephen, or I believe possibly from our. Well, just so we have some feedback. Yeah, Nothing. I'm kind of stuck we, we in, like,
0: the temporal, like, loophole that, that yeah, we are Yeah, we're, we're in the world in. between worlds
2: right now. Yeah, seriously. Palpatine's <laughs> peeking in on us through his little cauldron, you know?
0: I've heard that Ezra sort of
2: runs by. There's, like, an owl or some shit. I don't know. Oh, wait, you haven't watched
0: Ahsoka. Hold on. <laughs> no, fake I fan. It, so. Pull the fake fan away. <laughs> no, no,
2: no. This is a Rebels reference, you motherfucker. <laughs> and I will stand boldly by that statement. <laughs>
0: Oh, all right. Yeah, um, let's read man. it. Let's, I'll, I'll start here. At the we
2: top. got an email, yeah. is what it is. Not not feedback. No. E- Greetings, Jedi Masters Sam and Steven. DM Neff here. Just started the show, but absolutely loving it so far. Reminds me of the Order 66 podcast in all the best ways, so oh. please keep up the work, Masters. That's very nice of you, Neff.
0: Seriously, I mean, we, we talk about it all the time. The show would not exist without Order 66. We're kind of laying down that foundational work, and we'd absolutely. love to hear that we do them on
2: Nef sounds like, you know how they say, like, Unk? <laughs> like, what's Unk talking about? <laughs> Nef sounds like the opposite. You know, what's Nef, Yo, what's Nef posting about right now in r slash Saga Edition? Had a few random questions I wanted to throw at you guys. Hopefully they haven't already been asked. I've heard you mention Starfinder several times so far throughout the show. I'm a fan of the game and went to it after Swissy since I couldn't really get into the simplicity of 5e. Here, here. I'm curious if you think there's anything from Starfinder you would or could bring into use with Saga. My first thought would be either the stamina system, or say genetically mutated Gamorreans that resemble Warhammer orcs. Maybe elements of features of classes, elements or features of classes, species. Just want to see what you all thought when it came to such unholy combinations.
0: Um, I, I'm gonna.
2: Well, let's. Can I? Let's, let me finish
0: the. Um, oh, sorry, I didn't really email,
2: and then we'll, we'll we can go into it a little more if you'd like. Yes. Also was hoping that if you guys would devote a small section of time to discuss the newer TV series through the Swissy lens and break down what level some of these characters would be or what abilities you can make out of what we see on screen. I think it would be a fun segment.
0: That's that last idea is a really, really good idea. We actually haven't touched on a lot of the newer shows on the show. We've Uh,
2: talked about. We've gone over several things. I think we talked a lot about the Mandalorian when it came out. Yeah, we talked about how it about was like very S- Swissy adjacent or yeah, worked for a Swissy layout from like a DM standpoint. Yeah, but we haven't talked about necessarily like seeing the characters through the lens and like specifically. Uh, that, I feel like that kind of delves into writing the stat blocks for them, like Homebrew style. I
0: think that's what he's asking for, and like that. I mean, that's that's what they did back in the day. That's that's what they still do to this day. To, to stat out the new characters and stuff.
2: That's fair. Yeah. And I think I've I've probably gotten a, a small hand on that ball with my Elan and Dexter stat blocks. But um, it's I, I, don't, I a, don't agree.
0: <laughs> you don't agree? No. I, I don't think don't making a Dexter stat block is, is what is what uh, Neff here is asking for. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no,
2: no, no. The, the point I'm making is that I making homebrew stat blocks of canon characters is something I've only skimmed across the surface of right. and never delved into because i feel like that's what the community's for you know right. like it's not it's not hey we need something for an episode of the dark times so let's make a stat block for grogu like <laughs> come
0: on and it's true we we tend to move a lot slower than the rest of the community whereas you know we we upload once a week whereas you know active subredditors and and forum users and discord users could have a, a Grogu stat block or a Sabine stat block up by like the the night, the morning after. There is
2: a Sabine stat
0: block already. <laughs> But you know what I mean. I mean, Sabine yeah, yeah. as she appears in Ahsoka, which is actually- Yes, just, like one just dropped on the wiki like a week ago. Oh, sick, really? That's <laughs> Not, not on the wiki, out. on
2: the subreddit, actually.
0: Oh, oh, okay, great. I mean, that's good. I like that. But yeah, that's- yeah, pro- yeah, So it doesn't work well for our format. And we have talked about the new shows uh, a little bit in terms of their, their storytelling merits and what we can learn from them as Star Wars storytellers ourselves. But yeah, maybe, maybe it's something we'll evaluate. I, we definitely need to talk more about Ahsoka. And I feel like- Andor has aged like fine, fine wine, and there is, and yeah, you you need to watch Ahsoka though. I do. I that's probably what I'm gonna do while you're out of town. Great. We talked about Andor as it came out,
2: and yes. there was definitely a lot of like. I think our heist episode, we especially talk about Andor. Yes, yes, because it's so important. I was just it is a Star Wars story. It's in the Rogue One as well. Um, I want to talk about Star. You know, I like I like this first this first part. That yeah, let's address the mentions. Starfinder part. Skidermanders. Th- that was the first thing that came to
0: mind? Yes. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reveal my hand a little bit here. Despite all the proselytizing about Starfinder we've done recently, mostly in anticipation for Starfinder 2nd Edition, my Starfinder 1st Edition knowledge is actually quite, quite small in comparison. I played in one Starfinder campaign that lasted maybe four or five sessions and fell apart because of personal conflicts between party members. I had nothing to do with that, of course.
2: They gave you a seat on the council, but not title of master. And so you killed everyone in the room, including yourself. Naturally. That's
0: <laughs> but some someone who has more time and perhaps a bigger brain than I do could take a long and hard. That narrows it down. <laughs> could take a long and hard look at Starfinder's uh, ship combat system, which is kind of, as, as far as I remember it, and as far as I remember what other people say about it, it strikes a really good balance between, like, realism and ease of use. Uh, something, I don't think Swissy's Starship Combat does really a great job at either of those. Oh,
2: God. But I mean, <laughs> it's one of those things where if everyone's in their own individual single-person fighters, then, yeah, I think yeah, it does kind of run. Awesome. You're just It runs great. Yeah. But if it's, like, you're doing a you can't really have a TIE fighter asteroid field scene like Luke and Han do. Where not they,
0: you know, easily and not without being really good at filling empty space and empty turns, which there will be lots of the way we use it for a starfighter squadron. I actually fucking love it. All it is is just an abstraction of regular starship combat, but with like more lethality and bigger numbers, which is fun for us. We love that shit. But yeah, when it comes to like, Having all the party in one ship, it can be done and can be done well. I've seen it done well many times. I've done it well myself many times. I'm just that good, Sam. But it's not easy to get there. And it's it's one of those things where, you know,
2: I've got five, four party members in one ship. There's only two gunner shots. Yeah. There's, only, there's only two gunner slots. Like, what else do the players do? I, I mean, shit, our Rodian would
0: probably check out for two hours. Yeah. <laughs> skill check, skill check, skill checks. We've gone over this many many times on the show. But yeah, those are my thoughts on on what to bring from Starfinder to to Swissia. The the starship combat first and foremost probably, yeah, and Skittermanders. Skittermanders for sure. Yeah.
2: I can't wait for more stuff. What's the um the weird class we 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 mentioned uh There's like a weird Starfinder class that has to do with like augmenting like time and and stuff oh, like that. Oh, was it like the It was
0: like the Quantum Witch or something yeah, like that. Yeah, like a was, Quantum Witch. It something like yeah.
2: well, that now that once they I haven't really looked into it. I know it got super nerfed for first edition Starfinder comparatively, so I am No hoping... way, the, the
0: time and quantum field manipulating <laughs> player class got nerfed? No way.
2: Uh, I'm hoping that when that field test drops for Se- Starfinder second edition, it's something we can gleam a lot of for the saga edition smoothie that we partake every week.
0: Mm. You ever get chia seeds mm. in your smoothie?
2: Yeah, tastes like... Force tastes like the force. It
0: does taste like the force. I like that <laughs> gel they get around them.
2: Mm. Steven, what are we talking about this week?
0: I have an exciting thing that perhaps many of you listening to the show have never even seen or heard of before. This is, we're going to go over another adventure module. Sam and I have lots of fun going over adventure modules here on the show.
2: Yay! Adventure!
0: You can already hear how excited Sam is. <laughs> and this one is actually an original creation by a fan of the show. So this is called The Auction. And it's a standalone adventure written by Swissy veteran Alex Van D. Uh, It also, it's a German name, so it could be Alex Von D. Uh, I'm going to stick with Von D, because I think that might be correct. But please correct me if I'm wrong, Alex. I'm excited to present it because I'm not sure if it's available elsewhere. And I I don't really think it is. I couldn't Google it, so therefore it's unfindable. Uh, (laughs) um, But Alex was able to provide us a, a copy for us personally. And for that, we're extremely grateful. He also gave us a lot of other rare tidbits. Uh, that will help fuel the show for eons from now. I would like to uh, clarify that this this does
2: predate the Dark Times podcast. This is from like the early days. Oh yes. of Saga this is, Edition. This yes. module.
0: He wrote this. Well, I don't want to call him out by speculating about how old this module is, but it's plenty old. <laughs> <laughs> the adventure synopsis is. Uh, the Did most... you
2: say the title of the adventure?
0: Yeah, it's the auction.
2: Okay. I just want to make sure you did. Yeah, why don't, I don't you know check it
0: in post, it. huh? I said it. Put my money on that shit. All right, all right. I said the auction. I read it right off the notes right here. Okay. The name of the adventure module, of course, as I said, is the auction. I'll read straight from the book here, and then the next, like, big chunks will be heavily uh, abridged for your radio convenience and listening pleasure. The adventure synopsis is, a group of adventurers is sent to a world on the Outer Rim where an ancient crashed ship has been discovered. The local government has decided to put this ship up for auction to the highest bidder, and the adventurers must defeat their many competitors and gain access to the ship. This was originally run for four player characters starting at level four and completing the adventure at level six. Oh, it's, it's, look at this one. This one's got some progression to it, Sam. The author made extensive use of Threats of the Galaxy, as I think it was brand new at the time of, of this module's creation, and it was necessary to create many of the challenges on the fly. The author designed this adventure to be ran just before The Phantom Menace. However, he used the Jedi Council as the agency that sent the PCs to the auction. But it's easy to modify for any era, like any good module. And I will say, and you'll see more of this as we get further into the module... This is a sort of, like... This module strikes a good balance, I think, of, like, being very open while still being fairly detailed. Like, it allows for a lot of possibilities. Even the encounters I'm about to describe to you don't even have specific battle maps. But I think they're described in a detailed way enough to where this module is still useful. There's plenty of modules, some player made, some official, that do attempt this kind of open approach that's necessary to, you know, remain open to the myriad possibilities at your table. But that isn't an excuse to not actually detail an encounter. Like, you want the reason for this module to exist, right?
2: Yeah. Uh, there are also plenty of modules that are hyper-specific in what happens with the players and then doesn't really... <laughs> it's like, yeah, uh, they're going to do this next. And it's like, are they, though? Are yeah. you sure? <laughs> it was a really specific... Uh, I think um, when we did the... Uh, what's it called? The... Dathomir one, it definitely had those kind of vibes where it was like, "This is what oh, happens." And-
0: <laughs> yeah, D- Dathomir one. I believe that was also fan created. Um, very linear. I think that's the kind of the main takeaway we had from it at the time. Very linear, very hard, not balanced in the slightest.
2: Yeah, but we did a good job tackling that. Oh I yeah, think. I think
0: we we made the best of of that module. So this module is actually a fan made sequel to a Swissy conversion. For a module that was first published in Star Wars Gamer magazine issue number five called Hut Hit. You following? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, okay, cool. But it's also intended to run as a standalone adventure. Uh the, the, the Hut Hit is just meant to serve as a backstory for the Hut that found the Sith Holocron in, in in the module's like extended story, which is as follows. It's kind of the extended background of the module here for for your pleasure. A few hundred years ago, a group of hyperspace route explorers dropped out of hyperspace around an unknown world. After they collected a number of artifacts, they returned to their ship and headed back to known space. These artifacts were of Sith origin and included the damaged holocron, some Sith scrolls, and a Sith warbot. While journeying through hyperspace, one of the explorers was examining the Sith warbot and activated it. Slaughter ensued. (laughs) I love how this is written. The entire crew was killed. When the ship dropped out of hyperspace, it crashed into a nearby planet. The Sith Warbot tapped itself into what was left of the ship's power system and shut itself down. Uh, th- for the rest of the show, I'll be reading abridged segments from, from the module, just, just so you know. Many years pass. A hut finds himself down on his luck. The only business he has left is a highway construction crew on a fringe world outside of Republic space. This construction crew discovered an ancient ship almost entirely intact and preserved by the mud that had been burying it. The hut slipped aboard and was led to a Sith holocron. He took the holocron and headed back to the world on which his ill-gotten gains had been seized, intending to use the holocron as a bargaining chip. Back at the crash site, with the hut no longer in the picture, the construction crew only manages a brief exploration of the ship before the local government seizes control of the site and puts a police cordon around it. The government decides to sell the rights to the ship via an auction to the highest bidder and puts out an advertisement throughout the galaxy. This attracts a number of individuals and groups to compete for the right to examine and own this ship. Here are the competitors for the rights. And I I think Alex did a great, great job of just making up a a, kind of like wide array of of almost half dozen cartoonish competitors for the the ship here. Oh, yes. Um, You're going to love these, Sam. And I I think I'll I'll tell you later what we're going to do here. A group of professors led by Professor Zerka, no relation to the super-evil megacorp, as far as I can tell. They intend to keep this site all to themselves. They've already gained enough clues from their other research to indicate that something worthwhile may be here. They plan on bribing the magistrate in order for them to win the rights to it. They will bid 5,000 credits and then bribe the magistrate with 10,000 credits. And the stats for these professors are five diplomats from Threats of the Galaxy. Then there's the United Beings for the Preservation of Antiquities, also known as UBPA. They're a radical group of students from the same university as the professors. They have no respect for the professors and are here to prevent the professors from gaining access. They intend to open access to this archaeological site for all academics. They will hack the auction registration computers in order to ensure that only their registration will be accepted. They will enter the minimum bid of 5,000 credits, counting on their hacking skills to get them the win. And their stats are just one, Threats to the Galaxy Slicer, and then Core Rulebook Thugs, as needed. Uh, Sam, would you detail the next uh, competitor for us? Oh, absolutely.
2: Up next, we have Sir Malthak, a very rich noble from the Core Worlds whose pastime is competing with other collectors to build the greatest collection of antiquities the galaxy has ever seen. He's here to add a few more trophies to his collection— And he's going to win by putting in the biggest bid of 35,000 credits. This is a single Threats of the Galaxy diplomat and a core rulebook bodyguard droid.
0: Yes, indeed. And next up is Lorga the Hutt, one of the more interesting figures in in this module, I think. Lorga the Hutt is unlike most huts, as he inherited his enormous wealth legitimately from his parents, and for the most part, he has remained legitimate. He keeps losing to Sir Malthak, though— so he's going to hire some thugs to beat up all the other bidders on their way to deliver their bids and prevent their bids from being registered. His inexperience in nefarious doings will likely be his undoing. He will enter a legitimate bid of 15,000 credits. For Lorga, Use a Threats of the Galaxy con artist, and he's protected by two thugs and massives. Do uh, you remember what a massive is, Sam?
2: Yeah, they're like the weird not dogs.
0: He's a doggy, yeah. He has many other underlings at his disposal, though, as you'll see later. There's also Celine Dion. (laughs) (laughs) That's wrong, Stephen. The next bidder is
2: Salon Mela, who desires to become a great and powerful force user steeped in the dark side. She's not quite there yet, and she might have been drawn by visions in the force or sent by a more powerful master to acquire the items on the ship. She's accompanied by some hired muscle. She registers a legitimate bid of 10,000 credits, but when she likely loses, she will simply assault the ship and take what she seeks. Uh, it's one uh, Threats of the Galaxy Dark Side Adept, one Threats of the Galaxy Brute, and as many thugs as necessary.
0: And then there's the party—that's you guys. So they should have a budget of at least twenty thousand credits that's provided for them in order to acquire the ship. The author recommends tying in the party's motivation from a previous adventure, um, up into including the the Hut Hit adventure that he also converted, or just inserting the Jedi Council, which is always a great idea. The PCs have two main goals, with their importance being determined by their reasons for being there. Get on board and search the ship for any dark side items and acquire them. Or, or and or, actually acquire and... <laughs> and or? Yeah, and, and or. <laughs> and or actually acquire the entire ship and have the rights to remove it from the planet. You know, I, I thought, Sam, another fun like um, employer slash motivator for this adventure would be Marmar. Our own, um,
2: oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You just
0: eccentric, p- yeah, yeah.
2: You starship scale, uh, salesman, yes, yes. I love him. Steven has a uh, special sunglasses that are much too small for his head that he puts on for the Marmar character, and typically he's also wears a Hawaiian shirt, but that also might just be Steven's sort of normal that, dress, yeah. That was just that was just
0: my normal <laughs> dress for the most part.
2: Um, I could see like a you, you could throw this into the Dark Times era, have maybe the Crimson, uh, what are they called? The Crimson Command or whatever the fuck?
0: It was Crimson Mal's, Dawn?
2: Malls, Crimson Dawn, yeah. You yeah, have yeah. Crimson Dawn and Crimson here Command. Crimson is, like is,
0: is the other guys.
2: <laughs> yeah, the other guys. The, the, Sorry. The
0: red Starfighter, or Star, <laughs> knight, the Red Star Destroyer guys.
2: Oh, yeah, from, from Zero Distance. Yeah, from our campaign.
0: <laughs> yeah, Crimson Dawn would be good. But really, anyone who wants access to a weird old Sith ship, which, I mean,. The Jedi, the Sith, the Empire, the Republic. Um, I could really see it fitting for Coder um, uh, too, as well. Oh yeah, this oh is, yeah. This could totally be a Coder module, like easily. It doesn't even have to be a Sith ship either. Like maybe consent an ancient ship, ancient Mando like- ship, and the Mandos are sending you after it. Like,
2: oh, that's cool. I like that.
0: Yeah. So we're into the first encounter already. I'm uh, reading from the book again, obviously abridged or module. It's a PDF. It's a book. You get it. Encounter one, arrival and registration at the auction. I, I really like, I'm going to actually take a step back here real quick. The author did a really good job of making this as bureaucratic and slow and like methodical as possible in a really interesting way that I think builds up on drama. And we'll see why in just a second. The purpose of this encounter is to introduce the opposition and allow an opportunity for the PCs to learn who their main competitors are and to begin eliminating the other teams. The PCs will arrive at the high court and be ushered in, usher, where they will be in a large courtroom <laughs> with the other groups milling about. There are clearly armed security personnel ringing the room. The magistrate will be sitting on a raised dias. You know, I didn't—I ne- never even encountered the word dais until... I, I still so swissy in particular.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, like Jabba's on a dais, but
0: he yeah, but no one says that in says the
2: movie. It. Yeah. Ah, wonga my lord's dais. My
0: lord. <laughs> I was thinking, Luke, like you were very strong and powerful on your dais. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Let go of you, me, you big slug! Get down from that dais! <laughs> <laughs> nice dais, kid. Don't get cocky. <laughs>
0: Jesus Christ!
2: Who are you? Someone who loves diases?
0: Come on! Oh, that's so funny. The magistrate will be sitting on a raised dais at the front of the room in low conversation with a number of functionaries. You know, like whisper, whisper, whisper,
2: whisper, function, 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 function.
0: function, function." This conversation will last as long as needed for the PCs to interact with the others. See, that's good game mastering right there.
2: That's how you know. Yeah. yeah. Yes, move the plot along. Yes. <laughs> no, and,
0: and and that that spirit is continued throughout the rest of this module. Alex and co really knew how to make this shit focused on storytelling and not like trying and failing to simulate real life No, there's life 35
2: things. people in here yeah. and you got to take them all out one at a time. <laughs>
0: This is the opportunity for the PCs to interact with the various groups as well as witness a few encounters between the opposition, which makes for an excellent role-playing opportunity. Oh, can I read this? Please do. And I was hoping we could maybe <laughs> act out a little bit <laughs> of, of this interaction if you wouldn't. Oh,
2: I'm excited. Okay. okay. Cool. The first role-playing opportunity, Sir Malthak and Lorga get into a bit of name-calling. It becomes clear that they know each other and both make reference to their collecting and the competition they've been, <laughs> they've been having for the past few years. The PC should understand that they are both quite rich, but Sir Malthac has gotten the best of the most recent encounters. Still a sore thug from that embarrassment on Malax Five, Lorga.
0: Ela lo de Malthac. You would say that, you sniveling slug. I'll buy you before you can count to ichiti, Hutties slime. <laughs>
2: Did I hit a nerve, you impetuous slime?
0: That was pretty good. That was pretty good. I like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, number two, the university professors will attempt to loudly protest the entire process. Uh, for those of you who have gone to a, a, a college, this is very in character for university professors. Att- <laughs> Attempting to convince the magistrate that they, as academics, clearly have the first claim on this wreck. The student group will start heckling them and name calling. It degenerates into a shouting match. The magistrate has to yell at them to quiet down.
2: The only wreck you've got a claim on is that stack of papers you haven't graded. (laughs) Preposterous! Magistrates, see that this tomfoolery is brought to a swift end at once! (laughs) Swift end like your last marriage? It was an annulment! <laughs> oh, <no>, annulment! <laughs> I hope if someone runs this module, they just play these clips.
0: <laughs> They're welcome to. And last but not least, Celen Mila. Is that how you pronounce that before? I said Salon Mela. Salon Mela. (laughs) But I like Celon Mila. You can stress or unstress those (laughs) value value. Star Wars, thankfully. (laughs) Celen Mila will use sense force in order to detect any other force users in the crowd. The PCs may or may not need to make opposed use the force checks. It's always you've watched Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Sam. Yeah. There's that really great episode where they're at their that Italian restaurant that the cast routinely terrorizes. And there's that famous <laughs> shot. It's also a meme template of like Charlie and Max spotting each other across from across the room. The room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Two force sensitives. That's how I feel anytime force users are making opposed checks to detect each other. There is plenty of opportunity here for creative PCs to make all sorts of interactions. Use of persuasion may convince some groups to make alliances. The only group immune to this kind of thing is Selen Mila. She may pretend to be receptive, but in the end will betray the PCs if they ally with her. Uh, the author also includes a short paragraph here about, hey, this is where the module falls apart. This is where it goes off the rails. They're very clear throughout the module that no module truly survives contact with any party, which is could not be truer. Um, keep that in mind here. When you let them go in the sandbox, they're going to start building shit castles. So, you know. <laughs> you got to stop letting your PCs go in the
2: sandbox, Stephen, is what I'm hearing. <laughs>
0: Uh, kind of a, I think a, a poor description here about calling Selene Mila immune to forming alliances. Uh, the the second sentence says that she clearly acts the part of being receptive, but does betray. So let them form an alliance with the weird dark side chick, but do it have is her, technically
2: an alliance. Yeah, do it just have is her broken betray sooner them. than expected. Yeah, yeah,
0: precisely. When your PCs have exhausted their opportunities with the other competitors, the magistrate will begin speaking. Today is just for registration of your intent to bid. The registration costs 500 credits. Background checks and ensuring enough funds to participate in this auction come next. This takes as long as needed for the story. I love love that. The party will have an appropriate background created for them by their employer. Unless they break their cover, it won't be challenged. Each group is given a specific comm code and a comm link to contact planetary security. When everyone's backgrounds have cleared, the bids must be delivered in person. The minimum bid is 5,000 credits. All bids are entered into the computer system secretly. No one will know what anyone else has bid. After all the bids have been delivered, the bidder with the highest bid will be declared the winner and will be announced a day later. After relaying this information, each competitor is asked to come forward one at a time and register on the computer system. The order of registration is random, except make sure the student group goes before the PCs. We'll see why in just a bit. When registering, the following things occur. Sam, why don't you start us off? It says here the
2: PCs can make perception checks against the students with the DC-15 while the students are registering. If the PCs succeed, the PCs become aware that the students are very satisfied about something, even gleeful. Uh, number two here. Talon Mela will ask to be allowed to see the site after registration, but before the bidding begins, the magistrate puts it to a vote. The PCs can attempt to convince the other groups to vote with or against Ceylon Mela using persuasion or deception. If Ceylon Mela succeeds in getting to see the site, this will make her attempt to assault the site easier. Perhaps she drops some bugs while touring, or perhaps she's aware of the Sith Warbot and can prepare for it. Why is she carrying around bugs? Uh, they're, they're her friends, Steven. <laughs> why hand, did Why did Zam Wessel's droid carry bugs in it? <laughs>
0: I'm glad we've – I was thinking about it the other night. I'm really glad we got to dissect that whole conspiracy that is the plot of the first half of the Attack of the Clones because that is just some bad shit. Bad I love shit it. stuff.
2: I love it. Oh, I can see, like, George Lucas himself having like a uh, – not a – it's always Sunny reference, but yeah. a Pepe Silvia <laughs> moment on the uh, – Yeah, you see Count Dooku, sifo <laughs>
0: <laughs> literally,
2: Boba Fett, Wessel, droid <laughs> – Bugs, <laughs> Padme Amidala, Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> just like saying names and not, no longer making connections, just assuming they're obvious.
0: <laughs> that's, that's the prequels, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> when the professors register, they may attempt to stealthily slip the magistrate their private comm codes in order to pass the bribe on at a later time. The PCs can attempt to notice this with a perception check opposed by the professor's stealth check. When the PCs go to register, they make an opposed use computer check versus the student's slicer, a DC of 25. If they succeed, they will notice that the registry computer has been hacked so that only the student's registration will succeed. The PCs can choose what to do at this point. Revealing this to the magistrate gets the students disqualified. PCs could also hack the student's hack further with additional opposed checks and have only their, the party's, registration qualify, etc. Uh, the module goes on to list just a couple more examples of what else you could do here, uh, hacking-wise. The gist of it is whatever the party wants to try, of course. Um, going to depend heavily on their, you know, morals and use computer <laughs> modifier.
2: Yeah, because if it was me, we're pocketing 20,000 credits and we're changing the student's bid to be our bid.
0: shut <laughs> <Cha-ching. laughs> The PCs will then be dismissed to their lodgings until all backgrounds have been checked. They will be contacted. This takes as long as the PCs need to go do whatever. I I love it. I love it. Because, of course, they want to check out the local bar or, you know, see the sights of the planet. You know. They got 20,000 credits to spend, baby. They can do whatever they want. (laughs) Exactly. Again, this is an opportunity for the creative parties to wreak havoc. They might try anything under the sun to eliminate the opposition. Let them, but be prepared to make it up on the fly. Love it. This is the second and final encounter we'll go over uh, tonight. There's two more encounters in this module, and whether or not we cover them remains to be seen. We like to gauge reception for the modules we cover and give parties an actual chance to try them out with their tables. So it might be a week or two or three before you hear about the latter half of this module. And that's a time for you to check it out for yourself and decide what you think about it. Oh, and I... Don't think we've said it yet, but it should be obvious. We will be including a link to this module for you to, of course, yeah, the description of the episode.
2: We will be hosting the PDF on the dark drive.
0: Ooh, I love it when you call it that. (laughs) Delivering the bids. So sun goes down, sun comes up on a new day, or however long it takes for the parties to fuck with the. No, we do
2: we do midnight bidding here, actually. Yeah, this is, the, this is the outer rim, baby. <laughs> Take that next day bidding shit back to Coruscant. <laughs> we clown in this motherfucker. <laughs> Take your
0: sensitive aspect to the core worlds. <laughs> just oh. like in the picture of
2: <laughs> the picture of a, but it's like a Rhodian instead.
0: Yeah. No, I need to make one for Varn too.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it's just like a fucking snail person. Yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, man. Encounter 2, Delivering the Bids. On their way to the courthouse to deliver their bid, the PCs will be ambushed. Of course. Who who fucking saw that coming? The ambushers will be using stun settings and attempt to knock the PCs unconscious so they cannot deliver their bid. As hinted at before, this hut guy is very bad at being a mean hut. So, first mistake... Have your goons stun setting. Goons with stun. Hut goons <laughs> with stun settings. Come on. I didn't on. know they knew how
2: to turn on stun settings. Yeah,
0: right? How, when the fuck are hut goons using stun settings? Uh, the author also includes a lot of detail about types of goons you can use. He mentioned he used quarians and Oceans because he had a lot of quarian and Ocean minis. So, you know. Oh, you
2: re- you neglected to mention um, in his game, the players took public transit to go deliver the bid. So they're on like a train. And so it's a train encounter yes, with, yes, with,
0: with goons on each end. Really, really cool detail. And yes, that is that is detailed quite a bit in the module. I skimmed over it here for the audio recording. But yeah, uh his party opted to take public transit to the um to the bidding, which I love. I'm a big advocate of public transit in my community. Uh, so fictional
2: and real. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So they had a bunch of encounters like on like the tight quarters of, of a train or or a bus, which I thought was so, so cool. They like had the bus pull up to a stop and then like a bunch of like obvious thugs get on and that, that that's a really cool vibe. I like that.
2: It's like a, it's like a fucking Hong Kong film. I love it. Yeah.
0: It's super, super cool. Um, whatever your party chooses to do, we'll obviously have to adjust for. Maybe they take a private speeder and then get, you know, shot down out of the sky, crash land on a rooftop and then have to duke it out up there. That's pretty cool too. Whatever works for you, you're gonna to have to adapt it for, for your party, obviously. That's the whole, the whole spirit of this module, really. Make sure it's a fair encounter. Maybe consider building a fair encounter using the encounter building rules that we love so much. Think a shout out to Nietzsche. I love every time I bring that up on like Discord or something, someone's like, what the fuck is a Nietzsche? <laughs> <laughs> it's the Nietzsche, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Show some respect. So they fight goons. I don't need to tell you what that's like. On the defeated goons, with a perception check of DC-15, they find a data pad indicating that all the other bidders are also being attacked. The PCs have enough time to go and save only one of the other groups. PCs who hack the data pad, that's a used computer, DC-25, or use the data pad later to go find information, gather information, DC-25. Quick stop. Alex, thank you so fucking much for including a gather information DC in your module. Woo! <laughs> no, one out, no one's out there doing that. Everyone's afraid of that skill. And we've talked about it before. We've done episodes on it. And you shouldn't be. It's a damn good skill. Use it. Uh, they can gather enough proof to get the hut disqualified from the bidding with a successful gather information check. As he hired goons and his inexperience makes this simple to determine and prove. When the pieces,
2: yeah. Oh my God, he used his real name on the credit card when he when he paid the guys. Like it's it was like his personal Venmo, not like a business Venmo. Like come on, it should
0: absolutely be like that. There should be like direct financial connections. That's probably the (laughs) easiest thread to make up between the hut and the goons.
2: He he didn't actually pay them. He just let them borrow his credit chip. (laughs) Like Like, well, you clearly bought like a bunch of ski masks and (laughs) and like guns and stuff.
0: And the, uh, the the note to the goons on the data pad should, like, have his actual name on it, too. Like, it's
2: got his email signature yeah, at yeah, the bottom. Yeah.
0: <laughs> his favorite quote from a Star Wars movie oh underneath it. <laughs> and so the PCs may choose to go try and intercept and save a different group of bidders, perhaps, you know, trying to form an alliance or trying to get a favor on them. Sam, why don't you tell us what happens there?
2: Uh, when the PCs arrive at the scene of the other group that they're trying to save, the bidding competitors were in a speeder that's been disabled and it's lying on the side. They're hiding behind the wreck and have been injured or damaged in such a way that they're essentially useless in the fight. The goons are another group of security personnel from Threats of the Galaxy. They're led by a two-pistol-wielding Rodian for the mercenary captain stat block from Threats of the Galaxy. The goon's speeder truck has crashed and is lying some distance away because the goons have been frightened by the fact that their speeder has crashed. They are not using stun settings. They are out to kill. Use terrain and hazards liberally for this encounter.
0: Yeah, the author goes on to detail quite a bit. Like, they decided a very large encounter was, was what they wanted to do for this one and actually, you know, move it out of point blank range with lots of terrain, cover, crags, hazards, stuff like that. I, I encourage you to do the same. This is where you can kind of, you know, build this encounter ahead of time, of course, and make it, you know, really, really, really detailed. I would also recommend, you know, buying or procuring a, a pre-made map. There's lots of great, like, urban sci-fi combat maps out there. I use them all the time in my campaign. Definitely consider them. I actually something I don't think is talked about enough that I love. Go on drivethroughrpg.com. Spend three dollars and like sixty two cents on. A pack or one really big, really cool map, they're out there and they're less than like half the price of a cup of coffee, especially these days.
2: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> aren't you right? Oh, god, did you guys hate it when coffee's like seven, eight dollars?
0: Yeah, so I, uh, money's not the same for everyone out there. I, you're supporting, you know, the hardest working artists in the industry out there on like DriveThruRPG or a similar site, or even directly on like their Patreon and stuff. Many, or if not most of them, have their own websites, their own Patreon. Do consider uh, buying that because it it costs almost nothing, saves you time, and they're usually really fucking cool. And sometimes if you buy them on like the Roll20 marketplace, they'll have like lighting and collision already baked in. Sometimes. Not a lot, but sometimes.
2: I would also consider tweaking this second encounter to... Your players, obviously, if you don't right. have a lot of snipers or if you do have a lot of snipers or maybe you've got some melee combatants who are a member of your team, you've got a couple Jedi like, you, you know, you'll find a way to make it work. I like the idea of some sort of maybe they haven't crashed yet. Maybe it's three speeders in like a race, like moving platforms, Jedi jumping between speeders, trying to take out
0: guards, uh, take out mooks and goons. For some reason, w- with this encounter, I'm imagining like a, a riff on the very popular Halo Reach map, Boardwalk. You can definitely find like screen caps of like the top down of that map, or do what I do when I, I there's a multiplayer map I love that I want to play out in Swissy. Trace it like in your favorite drawing or or map making software. I don't know. When I read this encounter, I was thinking of Halo Reach's Boardwalk. Uh, go crazy.
2: Interesting. I like that, Stephen. You know, that's uh, taking inspiration from media you already enjoy and like and that your players may recognize as a didn't you do something recently like that that was like hey this map is another <laughs> is like a map from a different game
0: uh, so i've been doing it all throughout zero distance that's the secret um <laughs> zero distance has been a marathon of some of what i thought were the most interesting and coolest like arena shooter multiplayer maps repurposed as suicide encounters you know you yeah hold hold your applause please uh, the one you're talking about that I, I was very open with the party about was a tight space encounter with that giant squid was a, uh, one of my favorite Valorant maps, uh, redone as a spaceship encounter. Well, there you go. Something listener. they don't tell you. Swissy as a mobility and ranged combat focused TTRPG system maps incredibly well to multiplayer shooter map design.
2: Cheat, lie, steal. Cheat, Dark Steel. times
0: guarantee. Learn.
2: Cheat, Lie, Steal, Learn? Mm-hmm. Kosal? What did you just... What was that? Kosal? Cheat, Lie, Steal, Learn? Kosal? Oh.
0: Did I scare you? Yeah, you did. I thought you were doing like Carl. how Carl Weezer says croissant. Kosal? Yeah. <laughs> no, CLSL, Kosal. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> so... Long story short, the PCs arrive to help the group of their choice. They only have time to help one group, of course. Shit's even more fucked over there. Give them a nice tough encounter. That first one should be pretty easy, shouldn't even take much time. This next one should have some real challenges to go with it. Up to you what those are. Read the author's example, get inspired, use the Halo Reach map. I don't know. I don't care. That's what I would do. Somehow. If the PCs do succeed in saving the other group, that group is very thankful and will promise to help the PCs, perhaps by giving them cash or making some kind of deal to share the site. Of course, if it's the dark the group, she lies and will betray them in the end, in case you already forgot. The PCs can then go to the courthouse and register their bid. Two things. All groups survive their respective attacks based on their prior arrangements, their own preparation, their dealings, or personal abilities, except the students. See the module for more detail on this. If your party does not help the students, the students are doomed here. Period. Everyone else survives without the party's help. The threat of fate is severed. Reload a saver. <laughs> seriously, seriously. Um the hut will also be attacked. His bodyguards will have some artful bandages, etc. Maybe maybe some some like really pristine crutches like from CVS or something.
2: A little R2D2 and C3PO bandage?
0: Yeah, yeah. Wait, what do you mean by that? Oh, like like, like a graphic like, yeah, like for like kids. Like little design right. bandage. I was like, yeah, wait, what? Like a Palpatine band-aid.
1: <laughs> Ensure
0: your grip on your own first aid with new Palpatine bandages.
2: Oh, man, I got Dooku again. <laughs> Dark side band-aids.
0: <laughs> oh, Grievous. <laughs> Collect them all. <laughs> An opposed perception check versus the hut's deception will tip the party off that they're fake. Now all survivors will congregate in the courthouse to place their bids. The PCs will have another chance to make a used computer check, that's DC-25, when they place their bid to notice that they have been hacked while registering their bids. An opposed perception check versus the Professor's stealth check will be required to notice that they swipe their credit chip twice through the reader instead of once. The second time is the bribe for the magistrate. Everyone that, so hold up, like, quick, quick note here. It's already established that the professors give their private comm code to the magistrate, something they're not supposed to do. Yeah. If they're to, you know, I'm not, I'm not a black market type of guy, but if I were, I wouldn't send the bribe through the official channel that the bids are going through. Well, I'm sure he's going like, set up for, like, a secondary. I, I would have taken that guy out for dinner the night prior had some, you know. At a restaurant he owns. At a restaurant and he leave owns. leave a 10,000 credit tip on the bill. Exactly, Sam. You get it. That's where the, the bribe. Bribering should be happening off-site, well, out of sight.
2: Steven, smart criminals don't get caught. So that's all I have to say. Well, that's a good
0: point. That's a good point. You can modify that for your adventure if you want the professors to be a little more intelligent. I don't know.
2: I do like the idea of just the double swipe, you know? Cause yeah. Well, so the 5,000 credits is for the city, the, the you know, the the, t- the town, and then the 10,000 credits is for the magistrate's new yacht.
0: <laughs> right. Then everyone leaves for a day or so, and this can be as long as or as short as needed. If the PCs come up with creative ideas, let them roll with it, of course.
2: Maybe the planet's got uh, cool pod racing. You know, oh, it's the only other place in the galaxy that do pod racing. Isn't that neat? <laughs>
0: What are the odds? That happens more often than not in Star
1: (laughs) Wars. Oh,
2: wow. This is the only other planet in the galaxy that has Jawas on it? Thanks, Mandalorian.
0: (laughs) The fact that it's like that, that early desert planet that isn't Tatooine, that has a fuck ton a of jawas fucking on a sand
2: crawler yeah. a jawa crawler on it <laughs> like-
0: <laughs> why didn't they just make that ta- were they afraid of making it tatooine even though they made everything else tatooine after that
2: yeah then, then literally he goes to
0: tatooine several times yeah. i i always think about that cuz it's like those are straight up jawas are they the same like how does it work how does that work in this and he he's, he's got jawas on that on the planet with like the settlement that like he's helping out begrudgingly as well they have jawas there too that's the no wait the
2: settlement he's helping out with the guy who's got with Graga, um, yeah,
0: or whatever his name is. That's on <laughs> different planet.
2: Oh no, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's the same. That's the same planet as the first planet, though.
0: No, no, no. The one where he like vaporizes Jawas is a different planet. Really? Yeah, because the the I because I, the I said what I said guy is there or what whatever his Chief, name
2: Chief Chief Garga Chief Karga?
0: No, no, no. The uh, the oh, I have spoken. That guy.
2: That guy, oh, it's a separate planet. That's
0: a separate planet from the cargo one, and not Tatooine either.
2: <laughs> and there's also Jawas there, and there's also and there's <laughs> Jawas on both planets.
0: <laughs> Neither of them are Tatooine, and they're different planets.
2: I don't know why I always thought it was all the same. Plan. I need to go back and watch Mandalorian season one. Did we give them too much credit because it was 2020?
0: Maybe, <laughs> I mean, you know, we'll, we'll see. I think season one and most of season two is still like some of the best, if not really, really good. <laughs>
2: just glaringly like here's more star Wars and it's cool. Cause it's more star Wars, but it also doesn't make sense. Cause it's more star Wars in a galaxy.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's all we're showing you of the module for now, folks. That's roughly the first half. Read the module, see what you think and get back to us. And RTFM
2: maybe... read the fucking module.
0: <laughs> Damn right. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll hear back from you soon and you'll hear back from us after that. But now we're gonna go to the break. And after that, we're, we're going to have a short of this. So we let this p- first part run long. Now we're going to do like a short or second half with some more fan feedback. Yay.
2: This is the part of the show where we thank you for listening.
0: <laughs>
2: thank you for listening
0: to the show. Indeed. Um, people always ask, hey, what's the easiest way to support the show? Baby. If I can call you Baby. The best way is simply listening. No, seriously, it means ama- so much that you take time out of your busy week to include us in in your, you know, constant stream of bullshit flowing into your ears. We love it. Should I tweak that? No, I like it. Okay, cool. It's sardonic, <laughs>
2: but yes, it's true. Steven, people can also support the show by telling people about the show. Word of mouth is the best advertiser, I always say, and since we don't have an advertising budget, we've only got a burrito budget of the Dark Times podcast, uh, I'd say it's appropriate to ask for word of mouth about our cool show that people enjoy. At least I think so. I hope so. (laughs) People can also support the show by going on Patreon. It's a neat little thing where they can send us $5 a month. And after three months, they will get an exclusive dark time sticker. Or if they send us $10 a month, they can get an exclusive dark time sticker and t-shirt after being a patron for three months. Also being a patron gets you access to some exclusive content being some stat blocks, some cool handouts, um, maybe even some exclusive episodes if you like stuff like that you like more dark times you like a cool commentary from me and steven about uh, the caravan of courage and ewok adventure yeah it's the be- <laughs> i believe it's been uh, cited as the best way to watch <laughs> caravan of courage and ewok adventure <laughs> by some of our listeners and patrons
0: dear listeners if you still aren't convinced to support the show let me tell you something in that entire recording in, in the brief time Sam has been speaking, I ate an entire Honeycrisp apple to the core. So, if <laughs> yeah, that doesn't I, convince you that we're something special, I don't know what will. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> I mean, see you in, this, in after the break. No, 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 no. I have to unpack this really quick.
2: The fact that I, one listener, uh, did that whole read, we don't have that written down, did that whole read out. Well, Stephen ate an apple. Is either impressive that I did it, or impressive that Stephen ate the apple? And the third thing is that I didn't force you to listen to it, so you should be thankful.
0: <laughs> I, I was eat, I was eating it. I was munching it mm. right into the mic for Sam's pleasure.
2: Yeah. So only I had to deal with that. And they falter
0: once. Great work, Sam.
2: <laughs> some honey crisp apple ASMR exclusive on the Patreon, maybe. Want, oh. some, want some more circus <laughs>
0: bullshit. Well, hey, keep tuning in. Let's. <laughs> Let's send you guys back to the show. Probably the fast
2: and loosest we've played that break before. Yeah, I, I, I,
0: I did nothing but eat a fruit the whole time.
2: <laughs> I spent half of it looking for my fucking phone. <laughs> All right. Uh. We, uh so
0: I was just wondering. So my snap
2: snapshot. Steven,
0: stop speaking in
2: our secret language. We have um, people listening to the show. Sorry, you're right. We got to save it for our our weird psychic twin reunion. <laughs> What the fuck? I don't know. You're <laughs> the one saying gibberish.
0: I'm just going, I'm, I'm, I'm improving with the gibberish. That's a good point. Hey, um, a, fa- a fan sent in feedback via voice recording. So we're going to play that and we're going to respond to it in kind.
1: Hi, Sam and Steven. Uh, Really a big fan of your show. I actually only just recently discovered it as I was looking to get back into uh, Star Wars Saga Edition. wanted to share my story and my experience with Star Wars Saga Edition. So I ran a campaign for four years in high school. Uh, It was set in the Knights of the Old Republic era. And uh, a couple highlights from that campaign, I remember one of my players uh, met and befriended a... uh, group of Rakatan, and they ended up making a lightsaber using the uh, Rakatan construction template uh, for that character. Later ended up having a Sith Lord uh, wipe out that group of Rakatan and uh, led to quite the quest hook for my party who was heartbroken over the death of their friends. That campaign, as I said, ran for four years, and uh, we played countless hours in that world. Ultimately ended up stopping uh, as I left for college, and unfortunately never played the final session with the big boss battle at the end of the campaign. Really love what you guys are doing, and would love to hear more specifically about the Knights of the Old Republic era of play. Everything else, obviously, is incredible, but I am particularly nostalgic when it comes to the KOTOR era, as that was what my four-year campaign was tied to. Um, Thank you guys so much, and look forward to hearing more from you. Bye.
2: That was uh, Xavier. Hey, Xavier. Xavier included an email that included most of that stuff, but some other things I wanted to mention. Uh, He mentioned that Sog Edition was his first foray into RPGs. Hey, just like me. Just like you, just like our own resident Steve. Wow. Uh the, it was a Keldor Jedi named Torin Carr, which is a great name for a Jedi. But but <laughs> Xavier also said that in high school he had he was bad at naming characters. Therefore, they had characters like Bob the War Droid and Master Jedi.
0: That's not bad at all. That's that's that is just high school humor. I love it.
2: I think memorable character names, just because they don't work in universe, in quotes then doesn't mean they're not memorable character names. Like, your Truly. your most memorable character, Stephen, is fucking named Marmar.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yours is <laughs> named Fry.
2: Fry. Yeah, my droid named Fry. And then Jad Losh. Jad yes. Losh. Jad Losh. Jad Losh. Sean Connery Jad Losh. <laughs> Torren Carr fought a pre-redeemed Revan solo at level six, and though he was grossly outmatched, managed to hold his own for several rounds using force and destiny points before making a Qui-Gon style escape by jumping into the party's ship. Pretty that sick. sounds awesome. <laughs> it also says here that the party participated in the assault on the Star Forge and even fought Malak Malak Malak. And fought Malik before prior Fucking to his final coder, confrontation oh with Revan. I forgot it's voice acted, to be honest.
0: <laughs> of course, it's voice acting.
2: He also mentioned I don't think he said this in the audio, but he's mm-hmm. going to run a one shot set 20 years after the events of the first campaign to introduce his 5e players to Saga Edition.
0: He also asked us to mix in more coder content, which I uh, call, call us out a little bit. Honestly, I, I, we. Kodor is a big cornerstone of Swissy and Star Wars more broadly and we've, been, we've neglected it a little bit so I, I think it's time for another some maybe a, another coder episode or two yeah that
2: that would be that would be pretty sweet uh, yeah. Xavier also said that uh thing most notable about the Dark Times podcast is our frequent use of skill challenges in our own games He never owned a galaxy of intrigue and thus his game was built purely on the core rules the Kotor book and the scum and villainy and Jadam. For his one shot, he's going to definitely be implementing skill challenges, which you and I both know that is, like, you gotta. It's, it's a part of the game. It's a great part of the game.
0: We're so glad to hear it, Xavier, and thank you for writing in and speaking in and for your your kind words. Uh, anyone who wants to send in a voice recording with feedback is more than welcome to do so. It's... Easy for us to pretty them up and just tack them right onto our own audio file. So
2: yeah, it doesn't have be right to ahead. be doesn't even have to be a segment. You can just be like, hey, I enjoy the show, you know, here's my thoughts. It's because the point, and I'll hammer this home as many times as I need to. The point of the Dark Times podcast is to inspire. Right. And if you think your experiences in Saga Edition or with our podcast can inspire someone else to, oh, you know what? I've never played a Kotor campaign. Or, but I really, I'm really, I've heard a lot about the Kortor setting, but I've never played it and I'm interested in making a one shot in that campaign. Like, there you go. You did it. You've inspired someone. Hell yeah. Not to get on my soapbox. (laughs) Steven, I need you to help me down. It's too tall up here. Oh, sorry. Let me, let me get the stepping stool. (laughs) The soapbox (laughs) stool. That was, um, that's it. That's all we had for the episode today, Steven. I think we did a pretty good job. A really good episode. Thank you. Do you have any trivia for us this week?
0: I do. So, Andor, unlike The Mandalorian, The Book of Boba Fett, and Obi-Wan Kenobi, which used stagecraft to create virtual landscapes and locations, that technology was not used in Andor. Instead, real large-scale sets were built at Pinewood, and much of the filming took place at real locations in both England and Scotland.
2: I wonder it's so gray.
0: <laughs> Seriously, right? And you remember stagecraft, Sam? That's that like kind of pioneering, super cool tech that uses like yeah, a, the, a circular LED, yeah, circular, circular screen. LED screen, basically to to it's, create. There's really like high a special scenes. name for it that's like
2: ominous or something. It's like called the stage or something crazy. I just said it, isn't it? Stagecraft is it? Stagecraft? I heard an, I've heard another name for it, but I can't remember oh, okay. what it is. Might I'm be a proprietary sure. variation. Yeah,
0: but yeah, I, I didn't know that. Andor was using lots of real sets. And honestly, it It makes makes sense. Tons of sense. Yeah. It's got that gritty, (laughs) grimy vibe. Ooh, I, I think there must be like a making of Andor thing out there and I want to see it. You'd hope Um, so. I wonder how they did the prison.
2: Oh yeah. That's gotta be, um, probably just a couple sets. Yeah. Well, so what's nice about stuff like that is cell blocks. If they're identical, you can just use the same set multiple times. Uh, Oh Yeah. When you said that, I was like, "Oh yeah, of course," because the huge scene at the end of Andor with like the the tro- the stormtroopers on the streets, yeah, and like everyone and like throwing oh. the first throwing the oh god, I'm getting chills. Watch Andor if you haven't done it. Watch, please Andor, watch Andor, please.
0: It's like our very um, own Star Wars black parade at the end. It's amazing.
2: <laughs> it really is. It's so good, and that very much there's just the griminess and the, the like the crum- like the, the the realness of it. You know, it's just it's just dirty. It's just, it's dirty. Plans, it's just it's, some
0: it's, of the best fucking TV. It like, is forget Star Wars. <laughs> like it's just some of the best TV, like sci-fi TV or just TV in general done in a really long time. It's incredible.
2: It's so, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Uh, honestly. Yeah. There's so many, like, of course it's a set and not, and not like a yeah. background, uh, not a green screen for lack of a better word. That's just like yeah. the term for it, you know? But yeah, there's so many good, I makes me want to go watch Andor again. I might watch Andor before I watch Ahsoka.
0: <laughs> I, I, I would, I want to watch Andor again. We're getting season two. Do you know about that? Yeah, we
2: are. And there's gonna be
0: it's gonna be like two it's like two or three episode blocks with like big time skips between each of them leading up to like the weekend before Rogue One takes place or something like that.
2: (laughs) Where you got Andor himself just being like, you know what, K two, I think I'm gonna go on vacation after this. After this next mission, I need a vacation, man. We
0: better get K2 in season two. If we don't have fucking. And we,
2: Dude, how did how he met K2? Okay, I know people are com- always complaining about like origin stories. No, that's for what Star I want to see. Characters. That's what I
0: actually want to see.
2: That one I do want to see. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man.
0: I thought he was going to meet K2 because when he gets his ass kicked by that that KX security yeah. droid in the oh, show, I, I thought that was going to be K2, but it wasn't. That's so funny. I feel like there's a script where it was meant to. Apparently, they had trouble getting the guy to do K2. Really, they're like going to do K two, and then they're like, "Oh shit, we can't do K two because he's busy or something." And then, but season two, I mean,
2: worth worth the wait, right?
0: Seriously, because
2: you're going to get the guy.
0: You're going to. They got to get the guy.
2: They got to get the guy. <laughs> the Dark Times a saga Edition podcast is produced by me, Sam Stevens, my co-host. You can reach us on Twitter, Dark Times SWSE, or email us, Dark Times SWSE at gmail.com. Review us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts where we get your show. Tell someone about the show. Tell your table about the show. Tell us who told your table about the show and we'll shout you guys all out on the show. Steven, do you have a quote for us this week?
0: I didn't know there was this much green in the whole galaxy.
2: Yeah. First day in England. <laughs> First day on set uh, filming for Andor season two. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. La la. Do you la. think they can tell I am sweating bullets over here? Do you think you can feel it? Oh, you just hung up on me. You. Yeah.